Here it is another Saturday in CCO land when we have our wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack. Hello, Denny. How are you today? I'm doing really well. I hope you and all the folks at Haskell's are uh, doing the same. And uh, what do you have on your mind today? Today I thought we would talk about Malbec. Malbec is sort of a Johnny-come-lately, if you will, in the wine world. And uh, due to the popularity of Argentinian Malbec, it's really making its mark in the entire wine world. But what is Malbec? Well, Malbec, I, my first introduction to Malbec went back to the mid to late 70s. Well, Malbec, I, my first introduction to Malbec went back to the mid to late 70s when my good friend Glenn Nelson had come back from a trip to France where he had had dinner with Prince Henrik of Denmark, and he introduced him to a Cahors that the prince had a chateau in Cahors, and he made this wine. And he said, Jack, I think you might like the wine. And I did, and then I began to look up a little bit. I didn't know a thing about Cahors. And I found out that the black wine at Cahors was one of the most popular medieval wines. It was popular everywhere because of its dark red color, and thus the name, the black wine of Cahors. As a result, I became very friendly with the prince. We brought his wine into Minnesota many, many years ago. And we, in the late 70s, were selling Cahors to people. Uh, and, of course, not mentioning too much about the grape type, just talking about Cahors and how interesting the wine was there. But the Malbec grape itself is a very interesting grape. It has a dark, inky color and was used in Bordeaux for, call, a thousand years as a blending grape because it gave color to the lighter Cabernet and Merlot. And it also had robust tannins to it. It was an intensive wine, and uh, thus was a very nice part of the Bordeaux blend. And it's one of the six grapes that's still allowed in any Bordeaux blend. Of course, we all know the most popular ones, which are Merlot and Cabernet Sauvignon, a little bit of Cabernet Franc. But Malbec was also one of those grape types. And in the oh, it was about 1960 around there. There was a great, great frost. Maybe it was the late 50s, 57, 58, something like that. It's immaterial, but anyway, uh, that great frost caused a lot of uh, destruction to the Malbec grape, and it's kind of interesting for a grape type that ends so adds so much body. It's very delicate to grow. Uh, the they were. Uh, very susceptible to all sorts of diseases, etc. And so when they had this huge frost and it wiped out most of the Malbec in Bordeaux, they decided good riddance. And the only place in France where it got heavily replanted was in Cahors. And another reason we don't know much about it from France is in France, Malbec has about 30 different names. The most popular one are Auxerre or Cote Noir or Plain Cot. And uh, that's what they called Malbec there, and that's one of the reasons we don't know too much about it. Uh, you know, it, as a, a grape type, it has black cherry and raspberry and blackberry flavors on the nose. Some people get coffee or cocoa in the finish, even a little bit of tobacco. There's certainly oak gives it a little vanilla flavor. Uh, it really is an absolutely delicious wine. And, of course, it's one of my favorite wines to have with barbecue. But 
uh, I'm digressing a little bit, because of the problems, it never, ever became popular. However, in about the late 1860s, the governor of Mendoza, which is a province in Argentina, hired a French agricultural minister who brought over the Malbec. And, of course, uh, Malbec flourished in its new environment in Mendoza, where it produced a much lighter wine than it did in Cahors, uh, more accessible, etc. It had uh, current flavors and uh, lightness that people sort of like a lot. And as a matter of fact, at the time, it was almost too light because it was mass-produced, and it was really for a very, very uh, produced for very, very pedestrian vin ordinaire that they drank every day in Argentina. And the wine really didn't have much recognition anywhere outside of Argentina. However, uh, fast forward uh, to the last 15, 18 years, Argentine Malbec has just gripped the world by storm, if you will. People love it. Uh, the, the, the difference between it and Cahors are remarkable. But uh, in Argentina, it found its home. And that, that's truly reflected in the way it's planted. Uh, in Argentina, there are about 85,000 acres of uh, Malbec planted. That's three or four times what's planted in the entire rest of the world altogether. There's maybe oh, 2,000 hectares in uh, Cahors, and everywhere else goes down. It's, it's even produced in this country, in New Zealand, a little in Australia, etc., etc. But nothing equals the, what's planted in Argentina. And it's really great. Mendoza is a beautiful place to visit. You know, it's in the foothill of the Andes Mountains there, and uh, I love to go up, walk through downtown Mendoza because everything, it's a desert, really. And however, they get this vast, vast runoff of water from the Andes Mountains, and they have funneled that water into the uh, trees and everything else that grow in Mendoza, and thus it's a tropical paradise, even though they get very, very little rainfall because they get plenty of snowfall up in the Andes, and that water comes down. It was interesting, my first trip to Argentina, how they irrigated the vines. They do it with runoff, and it's ingenious. I think the, somebody told me it could have been done even by the Aztec Indians, because it just cuts these little channels of runoff and runs them up and down the vineyards. And, of course, as I said, Malbec found its home in this beautiful place, Mendoza. If you ever get a chance to go to Argentina, I would certainly suggest you put aside a few days and go to Mendoza. It's worth the trip. It's, it's absolutely great food. Uh, the ambiance is terrific. You feel like you're in a, a great uh, Spanish medieval town, but it's, of course it's not. It's Argentinian, uh, but it has that feel. And uh, this ingenious way they have of watering the trees and the flowers and everything else is just worth seeing from a water engineering standpoint. They certainly have taken advantage of beautifully that runoff from the Alps. And, of course, it's in this environment that Malbec has just flourished, if you will. Uh, 
so much better than it ever did in Bordeaux or Cahors. Uh, they, they found its home in Argentina. Uh, it's a national variety, if you will. It's identified with Argentinian wine. When anybody talks about Argentinian wine, they talk about Malbec. And there's a good reason for that. Like I say, it's improved greatly. When it was first brought over, it was brought over to be a, a table wine for the masses, cheap and easy to produce, and it was pretty plonky. But as the wine production in the world has just become so sophisticated with stainless steel and uh, with modern technology, <coughs> pardon me, uh, you just can't imagine how that's improved the quality of Malbec. And Malbec is one of my go-to wines when you're having a barbecue, and that's probably what precipitated the program today was the warmer weather we've been having, etc. It's kind of fun to barbecue. And in my opinion, if you're having a barbecue sauce, uh, Malbec is the best and easiest wine to pair with it. That doesn't diminish Cabernet Sauvignon or Zinfandel or your or your favorite Syrah. Those are all good wines to have with barbecue as well. However, Malbec just seems to have an affinity for that uh, sweet, hot flavor of barbecue sauce, and it goes really just wonderfully with it. And uh, Malbec also is a wine that uh, brings out uh, the best in people, if you will, because when you're tasting the wine, it's interesting to see people's different reaction to Malbec. If no one's ever had it, usually they like it. Uh, it it's unusual to find somebody that says, oh, I just not don't care for this wine. Well, that isn't true of like Zinfandel or some of the or Syrah and things like that. Malbec is sort of a mass-produced wine that everybody sort of likes. It's great tasting. And, of course, another thing that they're just now discovering in the last five years is Malbec loves high elevations. And they're trying that now as they go up the foothills in the Andes to plant Malbec there that produces the acidity they need for a great tasting and long-lasting wine. These high-altitude uh, grapes produce more acidity and people are finding that those, and the Argentinians are finding that as well, <clears throat> that it goes perfectly. Uh, Malbec doesn't have a long finish when you're tasting the wine, so it's great with very lean red meat, and it does well <laughs> with unusual flavors like blue cheese or mushrooms or cumin. And as I said, there's nothing better than Malbec with any kind of barbecue sauce that you're using. A blue burger, which is a burger made with blue cheese and Malbec, again, because of the unusual flavor of the blue cheese, Malbec just seems to go so terribly well with that. It pairs well with all sorts of dark poultry, for example. And particularly if you're having barbecue chicken, oh, I recommend that. Or, or barbecued ribs, woof, delicious. And then it, the spices it goes with are the ones that have that smoky flavor, like rosemary, paprika, black pepper, uh, juniper, shallots, uh, and, of course, barbecue sauce. And it pairs well with cheeses, particularly rich, soft cheeses. Um, you know, in the United States, we've tried to grow Malbec, but we just don't do as good a job as they do 
in uh, Argentina. Chile has grown some, South Africa, Australia, as I mentioned before, uh, and nowhere has it caught on like it's caught on in Argentina. So it's become almost synonymous with being the main wine of Argentina. And then, like I said, there's good reason for it. It absolutely loves the Argentinian weather. It loves the climate. It loves its atmosphere there and thus produces really terrific wine. And as we get more sophisticated throughout the world, uh, Malbec is really a, a, a grape type that was strictly used for blending. As I said, it gave color to Bordeaux early on, that black wine of Cahors, they just thought that was just terrific for that kind of stuff. No one ever recognized the qualities till this French minister back in the 1870s, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, 1870s, uh, was hired by the governor general of Mendoza to bring some grape types in to try and grow it there. And, of course, the result was absolutely amazing. Uh, we try to grow, as I said, Malbec here, and there's been some successes in Livermore Valley and places like that in California, but it really just does, it, it flourishes and grows best in Argentina. Uh, again, it's a lighter wine than Cahors. Uh, there's so many different types of Malbec that you just will have fun trying them all. Catina is a famous name there, and that family has, for almost 200 years, been producing remarkable uh, Malbec in Argentina, in Mendoza. In fact, their winery there looks like an Aztec temple. It's just a beautiful winery, a wonderful family, and they make absolutely terrific wines, their Malbecs. We have two that I'm particularly fond of. One is... uh, a Gary Bay, that's owned by the Rothschild family. They went there about 15 years ago. And, of course, they have a lot of money, and they've poured a lot of money into a Gary Bay. And it's state-of-the-art winery in Argentina. Uh, it uh, rivals their property in Bordeaux. <laughs> Excuse me. And they really have done a remarkable job, Katine, or, uh, a Gary Bay. Uh, and another one we have that I like is Diamandis Malbec. Uh, this is a quality Malbec. It, it just is terrific to have anytime you have barbecue ribs. And you know, the nicest thing about Malbec is they're extraordinarily affordable. Uh, when you buy a Malbec wine, you really are getting a great value for your money because the wines are accessible and more than accessible, they're affordable. So why not do yourself a favor? If you're putting some ribs on the old Barbie, try and get yourself a bottle of uh, Malbec. And like I say, you might want to start with that Gary Bay. It's very, very good. Or failing that, uh, try Diamandis uh, Malbec. And I think you'll be very, very pleased with the marriage. Sounds good, Jack. And a day like this, too. Uh, let's tell us about Haskell's and where we can find all this great Malbec. Indeed. The folks at Haskell's for over 85 years have been providing the Twin Cities with the very 
finest in wines and spirits. And we continue to do that today. We search the world to find these great values, and we bring them to you. And right now we have our spring sale where we have hundreds and hundreds of wines on sale. There's a Haskell's near you where you will be able to save big dollars on wine. There's a Haskell's in Bloomington, Excelsior. There's a one in Faribault right off at 35. Our super seller up in Maple Grove is not to be missed. In Bloomington, Excelsior. There's a one in Faribault right off at 35. Our super seller up in Maple Grove is not to be missed. In downtown Minneapolis, we have free parking on Saturday and Sunday. There's a Haskell's at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com. And don't forget, we do deliver. Very good, Jack. Let's talk again next week. I'm going to look forward to that, Denny. Jack Farrell from Haskell's.